Well, hello, everybody. Happy Sunday. I hope that you're doing well. It is good to be with you. And I hope you're enjoying still yet having church at home. Sure do miss everyone. Uh, today we're going to be continuing or actually wrapping up our ser- our series. Okay, ready? Start over. Hope you're doing well. It's good to be with you, and I hope that you're enjoying Church at Home. Today we're going to be wrapping up our series called The Promises of God, and the reason that we're wrapping it up is because I'm running out of sport coats to wear. Um, If you're just joining me today, this is the first time, I have been actually pulling out some of my sport coats. I have a handful of them, and I have a weird habit of buying some sport coats and then never wearing them. And so I'm wearing this one today, and um, this is one. Is, this is a special one. Why? Because this is the one I got married in. Yeah, 12 years ago, I married my wife in this sport coat, and I've held on to it. And uh, I think there's only one other time I wore it, and that was to officiate a wedding. This one's pretty cool. It has uh, an orange lining. While so many people right now are looking for a silver lining, I've got an orange one. So anyway, wearing this and uh, wrapping up our series, Promises of God. You know, I really was excited about this series. I just felt that it was very uh, important that each one of us would think about and take time to grab a hold of some promises of God during this time, uncertain times, uh, times where we're going through a lot of loss, lots of, lots of changes, uh, uncertainties, things that are scary. You know, the promises of God are given to us to help to support us and guide us when we're going through, through difficult times, going through difficult terrain. And we've all been through some really challenging times, and we're going through a challenging time right now. And some of the promises of God we've talked about are used to help to support us in uneven terrain. Remember that one about kind of like being on skis, having those poles? Promises of God can be that way to support us. Some of the promises of God actually serve as barriers for us so that we don't kind of go off a cliff. And today we're going to be talking about a promise of God that helps us to sort of have an internal navigation, sort of knowing that We're on the right track. Maybe we still have some confusion. We're not super clear as to what are the next steps. We just have this peace knowing that we are where we are supposed to be. And that promise of God is this. God satisfies us. Isn't it true that when you are satisfied and you're at peace, I mean, that's like when you know that you're on the right track or you know, you you, you believe you know know where you're going. But if you're uncertain, you feel a sense of being lost, well, it is like you're panicked. You're, you're kind of stressed out, not sure uh, which way to go. You start to have all these, you know, uh, flashes of, of the end of life right in front of your, your mind. But, you know, as I was thinking about this, I was reminded of one of my favorite movies. And me and the boys, I have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. We've been watching this movie 
called Swiss Family Robinson. And there's this moment where these two boys, two brothers, they kind of get in this tussle with this snake, you know. And during the tussle, the younger one actually loses his um, compass. And he comes out of it and he's just, he's scared. He's freaking out. He, he doesn't know. He says, we can't, we can't survive without it, you know. And the older brother says, oh, we'll just have to get along without it. Says, get along without it? You know, how can we get along without it? And he said, well, I think I know kind of where I'm going here. You're just going to have to trust me. So he had this peace in him that he sort of knew where to go. He knew that he sort of had this feeling that he um, could figure out how to, how to navigate their course while the other one just kind of felt panicky and felt lost. You know, the Lord gives us his promises that we would be at peace. We may not know what's coming up next. It's true. We don't know necessarily the, the course that's charted for us. But when we hold on to that promise of God that he satisfies us, it causes us to be at peace knowing that we may not know what's coming up or what's ahead, but we know who's with us. And the Lord is with us, and he promises that he does satisfy us. You know, we have to be careful because sometimes if we would go around with sort of a dissatisfied spirit about us, kind of an angst, uh, kind of a feeling that we need some sort of fulfillment, well, we have to be careful because we can end up finding ourselves making decisions and choices trying to fulfill that angst, that disconnect, or that discomfort. Just we find ourselves making choices and going down paths that we never intended to go down. But we have, but we have this sort of an uneasiness about us. You know, it's kind of like, you know, for me, this is kind of a silly example, a silly example, but, you know, recently I heard this song. And uh, the song had this beautiful harmonica in it, you know, and I just was listening to it. I thought, man, that's just the most amazing harmonica riff. I just love it. I listened to the song over and over again, and I just kept thinking about it, and I just somehow got it in my heart. I've got to have a harmonica. I've got to have it, you know? And so I started researching harmonicas and looking at, you know, some really good ones and everything, and I started telling my wife, babe, I've just got to have a harmonica, you know, I've got to make that beautiful sound that that guy's making, and so I just kept talking about it, and she finally said, fine, go get a harmonica, and so I bought this harmonica, and, uh, you know, I tried it out, and it sounded nothing like the guy I listened to on the radio, so um, I got a little discouraged, but you know what I mean, that sometimes we have this, I got to have something, I got to fulfill this sort of void, this need that I have, and we can make decisions sometimes based on it. And this is just a harmonica, really is a harmless decision. But some of us have the tendency to make very harmful decisions because of this uh, discomfort, this disconnect, this angst, this unfulfilled desire that's going on on the inside of us. And the truth is, is that each one of us are actually built, designed, created with this uh, desire and angst is something we're kind of, we need to be fulfilled. And so we have to understand these desires that we've been given. I mean, of course, the Lord has given us things like if you have sort of an empty or knotted stomach, well, what does that mean? That means you're hungry. You need food. If your mouth is dry, what does that mean? Well, you're thirsty, right? If you're tired, well, the need there is you we need sleep. Well, the same is true when it comes to our hearts and our souls, that each one of us have uh, a need and a desire that needs to be fulfilled. Each one of us has a need to know our maker. 
Each one of us has a need to know our God-given purpose, why we're here on earth. Each one of us have uh, internal hurts and wounds that need to be healed. What is this? Well, this is um, a need for our souls to be filled, a need for our hearts to be fulfilled, a, a satisfaction that we need and that we can only get and only can receive from God, from having a relationship with Him. And so my uh, encouragement today is this, is that we may have a desire, a need to know Him more, to, to have a deeper relationship with Him, and we need to seek Him so that He would fulfill and satisfy us and not choose counterfeits. Otherwise, we make decisions, we go down paths we never meant to, make choices that we shouldn't have made, but we need to seek the Lord and have Him fulfill that longing in each one of our souls. So how does He do this? Let me see if I can give you a couple of points this morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you're watching this. The first thing is this. Number one, He fills our emptiness. We have to realize that we do have a sense of emptiness in our own hearts. Have you ever heard somebody say that we have a God-sized hole in our heart that only He can fill? It's pretty much true that each one of us were designed with a need to have a relationship with God. The only way can be filled is to have a relationship with Him. Here's what Psalm 107.9 says, For He satisfies the longing soul. The hungry soul he fills with good things. Our soul has a longing. Our soul has a desire. Our soul has a need. We are designed with a bit of an internal feeling that tells us that we need something. We're all designed that way. And in the same way that our stomach tells us that we need our bellies to, to, to get food and our bodies need exercise and need sleep, so too our souls have a need for fulfillment. God says he gives us good things. You know, when my kids are hungry, you know, they come and they say, Dad, I'm hungry. You know what they expect? Something good. As much as I'd love for them to clean out the vegetable drawer and eat some radishes, that's not what they're asking for. They're asking for something good, something delicious. And I do my best to give them something nutritious as well as something tasty. When we go to God... He fills us with good things, with goodness. He fills us with things both that we need, that are good for us, as also things that are joy, that that are palatable, things that we desire. You see, when we experience this loss, like what we've experienced today or maybe in this time, or or, uh, loss that we've experienced in our life, we have this feeling of sort of discontentment that happens. Oh, I lost something. I feel sad about it. I feel discontent. And we sometimes will find ourselves going into uh, a place of despair. But we have to learn how to find contentment despite our environment. Because isn't it true that our environment changes? And we can't control our environment. So we have to be able to find this contentment and find this peace even though our environments may change. I have this really, I don't know, I'm going to say it's kind of a nerdy, uh, maybe hobby that I have. Uh, I enjoy reading people's book lists. Different people, you know, people that are writers or uh, authors or leaders of businesses or pastors, oftentimes will kind of choose their top 10 books. They'll say, these are the top 10 books that, 
changed my life. And so I like to read them. So I'll just read several different people's book lists. And um, the reason that I do that is that I'm looking for, after I've read you know, several book lists, I'm looking for repeats. If I see somebody says, oh, this is one of my top ten, and I read somebody else says, this was their top ten, I'll say, oh, that must be a good book. And what I'll do is I'll, I'll write it down, and I'll put it in my book list. And so I have this long list of books that I'm kind of looking for. And so when I have an opportunity to pop in at the library or a used bookstore or something like that, I'll pull out my book list and see if I can find one of those books for cheap, you know. So anyway, it's kind of a goofy thing that I do. But I um, came across a book that several people had said it was, it was in their top ten. It was a book called <clears throat> A Man's Search for Meaning. And it was a story about a man who had lived through a concentration camp. And uh, it was interesting. I was reading this book right before the COVID-19 came and the shutdown happened. And uh, so it was this this guy talking about all this loss that he had had. You know, he had a, a normal life. He's a psychiatrist. And then all of a sudden he's in this concentration camp and he's going through this sense of loss. And at first I thought, oh, it was really interesting. It's a good comparison, you know. Uh, what we're going through, the sense of loss, and what he was going through, there was a, there was a bit of a thing I could learn there. And, it, and then after a while, it just got too depressing for me, and I just had to put it down. But there was a moment there where I captured something that he said that I thought was really powerful. And he talked about how people were able to sur- survive these concentration camps. Everybody had the same eating, the same bedding, everything. He said that the thing that helped people, the, the difference between people who didn't make it and the people that, that survived was actually uh, people that learned how to develop joy or have joy and happiness despite their circumstance. He said so, so many people uh, had such a, a longing and uh, for what they had lost and they uh, lost hope for uh, the future. And they were unable to have joy in their day-to-day. But he said the people that were able to just uh, consider what they did have. I still have a friend. Uh, I still have maybe a little something to eat. I have ability to sleep. I have some some, some work. I have, check this out, I have a memory. A lot of times the joy that they would have to sustain them through a day was a memory. And they would also have a hope for the future upon their freedom. He said that was what helped people, helped them to sustain, gave them sort of a survival uh, instinct to get through very difficult and challenging times. I thought that was very interesting because sometimes when we lose things, when our environment changes, when there's things that are, are difficult in our surrounding, we can sort of allow our spirits to kind of go into a place of despair rather than to kind of be overcomers or in uh, the author's perspective to become a survivor by choosing joy or finding joy and finding happiness, finding contentment, even though the circumstance or the situations, uh, the situation is not desirable, not what we want. And that's the truth. We can't control our surrounding canopy, but we can control our joy. We can determine our happiness. We can determine our contentment. And so we have to actually ask ourselves, what is our source of contentment? What brings us this peace? What brings us this joy? And if we find ourselves going to this place of uh, despair or sadness when we lose a lot of things, we have to ask ourselves, was my joy and my contentment, was it in my livelihood? Was it in my surroundings? Was it, was it in this context or in my schedule? Or 
was it in my relationship with God? And for me, I have to be honest with you, when I went through this sort of time of loss, I had to say, you know what? Those things were gifts. Those things were given to me. I lost those things. But you know what? I can't allow my, uh, my joy and my happiness to dissipate because I experienced some loss. Because the truth is, I did lose some things. I, uh, I had just gotten ready for the baseball season. I coached my kids baseball and so I wasn't able to do that. I pulled the last bags of equipment and I put them away this last week because um, this weekend would have been our last game of the season. And I, I've, I've missed attending church, so many friends, relationships I have, being involved with our friends in the neighborhood, so many neighborhood activities that we've done. We had a missions trip that was on the schedule that we had to cancel. I missed the beach. I missed my favorite taqueria. Uh, you know, I, I miss just sometimes hugging people. And I, it's important that I acknowledge my losses. And that's what I just did. I decided to write down those things that were difficult for me. I, I had some losses. And so sometimes we need to do that. But then we have to choose if we're going to remain fixed on those losses. We're going to remain fixed, upset, angry that we lost those things and kind of have this overwhelming feeling of disappointment. Or I have to choose... If I will get my joy and my contentment from somewhere or someone else. You know, the Lord promises to satisfy the longing in our soul. He promises that. Despite the loss, the Lord promises to heal us, to restore us, to bring fulfillment and contentment to our soul. How has the Lord restored your heart and restored your soul? You know, being in his presence, despite these losses, uh, acknowledging them, oh, I'm sad about this, oh, I'm bummed about this, but Lord, I desire for you to fill me again, to have con- uh, to, to uh, bring contentment, to bring satisfaction, bring joy, bring happiness into my life. You know, we have to pray that prayer, uh, and, and so that he would fulfill us and fill us with his, um, with his joy, that we actually look to him as a resource rather than these different activities that we have had. You know, the survivors of the prison camp that I had mentioned before themselves, they uh, had to sometimes stop thinking about what they had lost. And they had to look at what they still had. Like I had said before, a friend or a piece of bread or something to bargain with. You know, in God's presence, he restores our soul. And so we have to not only talk about our losses, spend time with the Lord that he would restore our, our, our soul, that we would be content with what we had. Uh, but then we also have to then acknowledge and be grateful for what God has still given us. What are the blessings still in our life that we can still write down that he's given us? You know, as I was thinking about this, I was reminded of David, uh, King David. Actually, before he was king, there was a time when King Saul was jealous of him and he had just kind of driven him uh, out of town, so to speak, or out of the country. And uh, he found himself as a criminal. David did just kind of hiding and running around. He was living in caves, kind of homeless, and just was living this sort of um, a barren life by himself. And it says in the Word that even when he was in this time where he was kind of um, falsely accused, he was a criminal, he was um, living in caves, you know, trying to find food here and there, you know, he realized really the only thing that he really had was the Lord. It says this in 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. It says, David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. When he felt this sort of despair, when he felt this sort of lethargy, this sort of weakness, kind of desire to maybe give up, what he did was he strengthened himself 
in his relationship with God. David reestablished himself on the promises of God. And that's what strengthened him. That's what fulfilled him to be able to to, to go through the next day and go through the, the steps that God would have him go through so that he could be about the assignment the Lord had for him. So we have to rebuild ourselves on the promise of God. We go through a loss. We go through something difficult. It feels like everything is gone. It feels like everything is lost. Have you ever felt that way before? How do we kind of get back on track? Because we have to rebuild ourselves and rebuild our lives a little bit on his promises, on God's word. And so some of us might feel that way a little bit, like you've kind of lost quite a bit and you feel a little bit of despair and a little bit of, of hopelessness. And I want to encourage you to, to begin to rebuild. How do you rebuild? You, you, you get back to God's promises, looking at his word and rebuilding from there. You know, we started a Zoom conference call every Wednesday at 2 p.m. And it's been really powerful as folks in our church have gathered and have started to share God's word. They've shared his promises and things that people are really holding on to. And what we're all doing is beginning to rebuild. We don't know what the future is going to look like. We don't look, know what uh, the next couple weeks, next months, this next year is going to look like. We don't know. But we know that if we do uh, build on his promises we, we, and, and we uh, have his promises in our hearts and lives, it's going to help us to navigate this very confusing and uneven terrain. So that's what we all have to do. So first, we have, he, we have to be reminded that he fills us or he fills um, our emptiness And he he satisfies the longing of our soul. And then number two in your notes is this. God gives us what is good. Isn't that good news? He doesn't give us the the junk stuff or the bad stuff. He always gives us the good stuff. Matthew 5, 6 says this. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. You know, God blesses us with goodness. He blesses us with good things. But it really comes down to what we hunger and thirst for. God, when we hunger and thirst for the good things, for the right things, for the godly things, what he gives to us, he blesses us, and that's when we find that nourishment and that satisfaction, that fulfillment. So, you know, sometimes we have to ask ourselves, I thought of this, is like, have you ever, do you, do you, did you have someone in your life, maybe when you're younger, that whenever you, you knew they were bringing gifts, maybe you know, Christmas time or a birthday, you always knew it was going to be something good. Like they just took that extra time to find out what you like, what you're interested in, and uh, they really always wanted to get you something good. Did you have some, something like that? Yeah, I can think of a couple people that always, when they brought gifts, it was really intentional. It was a good gift. On the other hand, did you have people in your life that when they brought you something, it kind of always seemed like they were cleaning out a drawer or cleaning out a closet. They kind of just gave you something they found. Did you ever have somebody like that? Well, hopefully you didn't, but maybe if you did, you know, maybe you just decided to re-gift it to somebody else. But, you know, God is good to give us good gifts. He's a good God. He loves to give good gifts. He knows what we need, and he knows the desire of our heart. And so what he's looking for, uh, for from us is to desire what is good, to desire what is, what is uh, righteous? He says, if those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, well, those are the ones who are going to be satisfied. And so we have to learn to desire what is good. We need to, to learn to desire for ourselves what God desires for us. And then that's when we 
are filled. If we hunger and thirst for righteousness, we will be satisfied. We will be content. We will feel full with satisfaction. And you can trust that when God gives us, gives to us, and he provides, he does provide to fulfill the desires of our heart. That longing we talked about, he fills that longing. You know, when our heart is aligned with the goodness of God and the good gifts that he desires to give us, that's when we're blessed. That's when we're fulfilled. You know, but for uh, for many of us, we often desire the things that are not good, the things that won't fulfill us, the things that are not good for us. Oftentimes, we desire things that are counterfeit and temporary. And so sometimes we even pray for some of those things that aren't good for us and and that, that are unhealthy. And so we wonder why, why God did he even give to me, give, get this thing, why did I get this thing? Because, you know, the truth is, is that God knows what's best. He knows what's good for us. And he wants us to learn to desire what he desires for us. He wants us to desire the good things of God. He wants us to desire and hunger and thirst for righteousness. You know, when we do that, that's when we will see that God blesses us with what we need. Not necessarily something that we want or something that's temporary, that's something that seems fun, but what is actually good for us. This reminds me of a time in my life many years ago when I used to wrestle in high school. Uh, back in those days, you uh, signed up or you said this is a certain weight that you wanted to wrestle. And uh, what you had to do was for whatever meet or you know competition that you needed to uh, compete on, you had to weigh that weight. And so all of us would choose a weight that was kind of way less than what we were. And so we'd you know, work out and work out and lose a lot of weight. And then kind of like the week of the meet or a few days before, we'd actually have to cut weight. That means we have to lose a lot of weight really fast. And uh, how we did it was we stopped eating, we stopped drinking, and we worked out really hard and tried to sweat out. So basically we lose a whole bunch of water weight over a couple of days so that we could drop you know, several pounds over a few days. It was pretty unhealthy. But we used to do that. And what would happen is I'd go to school and I'd see people eating. And I would start to kind of get cravings. I'd see what people uh, were eating. I'd say, oh, man, I really want that. And so I remember this one particular time, I had this craving for chocolate. I wanted chocolate so bad. And so after, you know, I cut weight, made weight, wrestled that day. That night, after I got back from the wrestling uh, meet, I drove over to um, a supermarket and I bought some candy bars. And I think like I just immediately just just consumed these two candy bars. And then I drove home. And really bizarre, really weird, but I just had to have this craving. I had to have the chocolate. I had to have it. And uh, by the time I got home, well, you, you guess what happened. I was completely sick to my stomach and I got sick and had to go to the bathroom. I just was, um, it just didn't sit with me well. I told a friend about this, and uh, what he told me was like, he said the craving was because you were dehydrated. He said you, 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 what your body needed was water, but you saw chocolate, and you, you decided that, that you wanted chocolate, you craved it. You know, as I was listening to him tell that, I thought, well, isn't that interesting that my body was dehydrated, but I craved chocolate? And I thought to myself, you know, that's a lot of the times what we do with our spiritual condition. We need the Lord. We need the Holy Spirit in our life. That's what will satisfy us. It's like being rehydrated. But we end up craving things that are temporary. We crave things that are counterfeit, thinking that that will satisfy us. And we find out after we do go down that path, do that thing, we don't feel satisfied, but instead we feel sick afterward. 
And so we have to realize that some of us, we chase these counterfeits and we consume often things that uh, aren't healthy, aren't for us. They're not the things that satisfy us or fulfill us. We don't hunger and thirst for righteousness, but we hunger and thirst for these other things. That's why a lot of times when we go through things like loss, frustration, sadness, anxiety, this emptiness of our soul, we choose counterfeits. And that's why I hear people talking about the TV binge watching, just going crazy watching tons of TV, just consuming or countless hours of video games or overeating or overdrinking. What they're doing is they're trying to compensate or they're choosing these sort of substitutes, these temporary things. Uh, and an abundance of these temporary things. And really what they need is the Lord to fulfill and satisfy them because they're dealing with such a sense of loss. You see, counterfeits never satisfy, but they do make us sick. If you have felt symptomatic in this time, if you felt exhausted, weary, or even sick to your stomach, you know, some of us, you, you, you may have eaten a candy bar instead of drinking drink some water. I guess what I mean by that is you may have consumed a counterfeit or a counterfeit or uh, overdid something when really what you needed was the spirit of the Lord to satisfy your soul. And so we need to return to desiring what is good for us. We need to return to that. You know, if you've consumed too much unhealthy things after a while, you're like, oh man, I need something healthy, right? So that's what we need to do. We need to return to desiring what's good for us. We need to return to thir- thirsting and, and hunger, or hungry and hung, hungering, hunger, thirsting. Anyway, desiring righteousness, what is healthy for our soul, which is taking time with God, talking with the Lord, having time in His Word, dwelling on His promises, and even you know, going for a prayer walk, getting some fresh air, getting exercise, talking with a friend that might be encouraging to you. He satisfies those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So he fills our emptiness and and satisfies the longing of our soul. And he gives us what is good, what is good for us. And then number three, God provides an abundance. He doesn't just give us what we basically need or just gives us the basics, but he gives us an abundance. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says this, And God is able to make all grace abound to you. So that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. God provides an abundance of fulfillment. He doesn't give us just the the basics. He doesn't give us just uh, least minimal necessary, but he likes likes to give above and, and beyond. He likes to give us what we need and then some when it comes to the things that we need. God does supply us what we need, but he also gives us beyond to fulfill us, to fill us, to overflowing. He doesn't just bless us with the things that are just, that are unhealthy, that we desire or that we look for. Back to my illustration of cutting weight, you know, I could cry out for the the chocolate, the temporary, the counterfeits in life, but the Lord doesn't want to give me an abundance of chocolate, but instead he wants to give me an abundance of water. Because it rehydrates my soul. That's what he wants to, to give me. He wants to give me the things that nourish me, that fill, that fill me, that fulfill me, that truly satisfies. So we have to pray and long and hunger for these things, for the good things, because that's what God wants 
to give us not what's temporary and not just minimal necessary, but he wants to give us above and beyond that we might be overflowing with the goodness of God. So not only for us, but the people around us. So I've often noticed for myself and for friends of mine that he often will starve us of the things that we want so that we will long for the things that we need, the things that truly satisfies our soul. Sometimes you'll see him take away or pull back some of those those wants, some of those temporary, some of those counterfeits, so that we'll truly seek him for what's really good and what's really, truly fulfilling. God does satisfy. God does truly fulfill that longing in our heart. You know, if you're like me, you may have dealt with or a, a little loss. You know, miss going to church, missing friends, missing uh, neighbors and family. Maybe you miss the beach just like me or your, your favorite restaurant as well. Um, but I, I want to encourage you because what I chose to not do is to shrivel up in this time. I've instead decided to seek him, to press into him, and to ask him to fill, to fill me, to fulfill this longing in my heart, the longing in my soul. He does promise that he does satisfy. You know, God provides more than what we need for what he has called us to do. And I've been making some time to reflect on the goodness of God, to be in his presence, to do some reading and some praying. And, you know, our context is looking a little bit different. It's looking way different than we expected at the beginning of this year. And so it's important for us to to enjoy what we still have, what God has given us. We still have fresh air. We still have the ability to to get outside and maybe do a little exercise and do some some praying. You know, um, I've really been working to make some intentional time with my kids, times to to play with them, times to to talk with them, uh, times to be with them, also times to really connect with my wife. And I've gotten to talk with some family members and some friends I haven't gotten to talk to for some time and, 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 and to get on the phone with them. You know, it's amazing the satisfaction and the peace and the fulfillment that the Lord has brought to me in this time. In the midst of dealing with significant loss. Isn't that amazing? You can deal with such significant loss, but then when you press into the Lord and have Him satisfy you and fulfill you, you can have this uh, joy and this peace and this happiness of abundance. I believe that the Lord would remind us today, each one of us, that we all have some favorite things. We all have things that we enjoy, that are fun and exciting and things that we probably miss, but they don't bring the satisfaction that the Lord brings. They don't bring the fulfillment. They don't uh, quench this thirst and this hunger that we have. They don't deal with the longing of our soul. Only the Lord does. I want to pray for you today. God, we thank you so much that you do quench our thirst. You do fill uh, our hunger when it comes to the longing of our soul and our desires and our needs. So today, God, I ask as we sit before you in your presence, we ask that you fill us. Fill us where there's places that we feel lost, dissatisfaction, where we feel places of hurt. God, forgive us for chasing counterfeits. Forgive us for chasing things that are temporary, things that are not good for us. 
Lord God, help us to have a sense of peace in knowing that you do give us what we need so that we won't find ourselves walking down paths or chasing things that we shouldn't, but that we can have, uh, that we can rest assured that we have an internal compass being navigated by you because we're fulfilled. We have peace knowing not necessarily where we're going, but we know who we're with and we can trust in you, that you do know the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope that this was a blessing to you. I hope to see you on Wednesday during our uh, Zoom conference call. That's been fantastic. Really enjoyed connecting with everybody. Uh, If you can bring a devotion, if not, just sit in and listen. Um, You'll get that email on Wednesday with that Zoom uh, conference information. Um, But other than that, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email, check in, let us know how you're doing. Um, Yeah, we'd just love to, to stay updated with everyone. Other than that, It was great connecting. God bless you. Have a wonderful day, and we'll be seeing you soon. God bless.